Today on The Breakdown, we don't have something big for you. We have something bigger than big. We have the biggest tournament of all time. Literally the biggest. Not in terms of the amount of players. No, the buy-in. It's the most expensive buy-in ever. It's the biggest first place prize ever. This is bigger than Matthew McConaughey's second biggest movie. This is bigger than that time Jared Leto won the Academy Award for Dallas Buyers Club supporting actor. Jared Leto? It's Leto, right? Uh, This is big. This is like Sandra Bullock for the blind side big. (laughs) Really, though. This actually is big. This is, this is the biggest buy-in of all time. First place is over $20 million. And uh, we're going to have one guy who is one of the biggest winners of all time and also one of the richer players uh, up against another guy who we don't know a whole lot about but is going to be making moves like he's dancing in the 70s, baby. <laughs> Let's get to it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> So about all, all of your movie references there, I have a yeah. question. Hit me. When you pivoted from Matthew McConaughey's second biggest movie of all time <laughs> to Dallas Buyers Club, are yeah. you equating the two? Are you saying, are you bridging it there? Are you saying Matthew McConaughey's second biggest movie is Dallas Buyers Club? It can't be. There's no chance that's right. So, so no, no, you're not, not saying. No, it just it made me think of Jared Leto because he was in Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, okay, I, think. I see. And I think that's how I got So it was lateral thinking, but it wasn't. Uh, so second biggest movie, that would be Sahara. With Steve Zahn. <laughs> and Penelope Cruz. And How what, dare you forget Penelope and Cruz? A, and what a joyous romp that was. <laughs> what a ride we went on. A boat? A Confederate boat? In based, the African desert? Based on a true story. Sure. <laughs> I mean, there are boats in Africa. Yeah. There are people who ride in them. I don't know. Uh, what do you think his bi- second biggest movie was? What's his biggest? Interstellar? It's got to be Interstellar, right? Yeah. I don't count Wolf of Wall Street. He wasn't in it enough. No, He's got to be the star, right? Yeah. Dallas Buyers Club is up there. It didn't make that much money. Ten things I, ten things oh, I hate about you, probably. You mean no, that's not How it. to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? That's what I mean. That can't, be, that can't be his number two movie. You're, talking about, you're just talking about grossing. I'm now talking about gross. Not best. Gross. Well, obviously, Dallas Buyers Club is better than that movie. Of course. Yeah. But come on. He must have been another big hit. I feel like we're probably missing something. There's something where I people mean, are like... Mud, Mud was well-received. Mud was... Boring, but also didn't make any money, right? We're not looking it up right now. It would take too long. And Free State of Jones really sucked ass. That movie was He bad. was definitely in some other movie that was big at some point in his career. Oh, maybe like uh, the, the, not the Pelican Brief, but the, that other lawyerly one. Oh, the oh Link, He was in The Lincoln Lawyer. The Lincoln Lawyer is so stupid, dude. Have you seen that recently? It's been a while. He was also in that other uh, lawyer movie with Sandra Bullock. And I'm Samuel Jackson. Shall I, shall I end right. the suspense? If you can do it quickly. What else was he in? He, there's going to be something you're like, oh, of course. That's what I'm trying to find. Fucking. You can't even do Wikipedia's it. Wikipedia's. Forget it. Just forget it. Let's me. move on. Don't make people wait. I hate making people wait. Okay. Well, you can talk more. I'm actually going to just IMDB Matthew McConaughey okay. real quick. We've got to find out what the movie is. It's not going to help. Yes, it he's is. Got too, he's been in too many movies. You're going to have to go through all of them. But it's a terrible it waste of time. By the most notable... It, oh, they'll give you the top four right away. You're right. The ones he's most known for. But it'll be Dallas Buyers Club, Interstellar, Wolf of Wall Street, maybe. Dallas Buyers Club, Magic Mike. Oh, my God. Killer what? Joe. That's ridiculous. And Wolf of Wall Street. Interstellar's not in the list. 
That's yeah. crazy. So it's got to be Magic Mike. Magic Mike made $100 million. And I didn't think of him as the star because Tannen Tatum, I think, is the star. But he's, I guess, right there. We'll, we'll count it. It's, it's acceptable. But I think this, the, the real news is he hasn't been in another huge hit except for Interstellar. He was in The Gentleman. People thought maybe that would be the revival of the Guy Ritchie-ness. But then that movie kind of blew. It was okay. It was fine. Does True Detective count? It almost counts. It really doesn't count. Okay. There's, it made zero money. Yeah. <laughs> How could it count? Um, also a little overrated, but that's for another day, Grant. I know you're going to defend it. Let's not do it now. Tropic Thunder. He's just not in it enough. Yeah. But it's a wonderful movie. Anyway, Tom Cruise also not the star of Tropic Thunder. And at first, I didn't know it was him. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. That's very funny. What a great movie. Anyway, podcast is done now. Yeah, we did it. Uh, thanks for coming, everyone. Yeah. See you next week. All right. We'll I guess down. we can talk poker. Okay. Terry Katz going to be in this hand. He's the rich guy that Jonathan referenced. Where is he on the all-time money list, Grant? He plays in, like, literally every high roller available, it seems. He plays in a lot. Maybe and, all of them, yeah. And as far as businessmen go, he's among the top. No question. Him and Bill Klein. Yep. They've got to be the top two, right? There's probably somebody else that's pretty good that we're not Dan Shack. I don't know. Yeah, Dan Shack seems pretty but good. But I don't think he's as good as either of these guys. Um, so I'm going to guess that... Where does he stand? Katz has made something like $20 million. And, wh- and the number... That's incorrect, but I'll tell you, it's a little more than that. Okay. Um, and by a little, I'm trying to... Maybe a little, maybe a lot. Yeah. I don't want it to be too obvious. Um, where, just what number? Like, Bonomo's two overall. Kenny's one. Where is Katz? 53. Eighth. Whoa! Exactly. Thirty-three and a half million. He's top ten. He's somehow top ten. You play enough of these things, yeah. He's top ten. I mean, he's obviously not bad. Of course, no, no, no. I'm not saying he shouldn't be somewhere on this list, but eighth seems crazy. Really shocking, right? We just did a podcast uh, in our real time, the same day as today, where we were talking about Justin Bonomo and Bryn Kenny and the top people, and and you you pontificated that perhaps. Of the top 30 players, not all of them were winning players That's right. on the Hendon Mob list of, of career earnings. I was thinking probably most of them are. I still think probably most of them are. Do you think Kerry Katz is a winning overall player? Whew. Well, because he's playing against this fee- these fields constantly, I'm guessing he isn't. That means he's spent more than $33.5 million in tournament buy-ins, but that is possible. He also might be a winning player. He definitely might be. Yeah. It's possible. Is there anybody ahead of Kerry Katz that you're surprised is ahead of Kerry Katz? I'm now calling up the all-time money list for this exact reason. Okay, the first seven people all make sense. The first, except for Kerry Katz, the first 17 so far, the first 17 people are all names you'd expect to be on there. I would say that the next even somewhat surprising name is John Juwanda at 20. Hmm. That is surprising to me. Phil Hummuth is at 21. Uh, But these guys also clearly... Very successful poker players, right? Yeah. Um, so I, when I was speculating the top 30, as I look at the top 30, my guess is if anyone is a losing player, it's probably just Kerry Katz. Okay. I mean, you got Aaron Zhang is in here because he ends up winning this yeah. tournament, and that's most of his wins, actually, because he's only got $20 million total in wins, and like he got like 18 from winning yeah. this tournament. But he's probably still a winning player from that alone. Uh, yeah, he probably is. Jason Mercier is at almost 20. He's got to be a winning of player, Of course, doesn't he? of course. So, yeah, and as I keep looking, these are all like super impressive names and Kerry Katz, basically. So I guess, he's, I guess he is the best businessman. Yeah, I guess so. Because Bill Klein plays all these too, doesn't he? I don't know. It's, Maybe he doesn't. It's hard to know how many of each of, like, Kerry Katz might play three times as many of them as yeah. Bill Klein. I don't know. 
Yeah, maybe you're right. Curry Cats might be three times as good as Bill Klein. We don't have enough information. I don't have reason to believe that, though. But I will say, when Curry Cats is, like, thinking about hands... And when I say that, I mean, like, there's a spot on the river where the guy's betting he's either going to call or fold. So he talks about his thought process. I'm usually, like, pretty impressed with what he has to say. I'm not like, whoa, like that. Or I'm like, I didn't think of that. But he's usually thinking in the same general direction that I'm thinking, which to me is like, okay, nice job, Kerry Katz. Yeah, that's good. And I don't think that would be true. Like, if Bill Perkins talked about his thought process, I don't necessarily think he would be there. No, I mean Bill Perkins. Oh, mean I'm Bill trying Klein. to move a few stops, spots down. I see. I don't, I don't know Bill Klein one way or the other if he would... If, right. if he would be there. But I feel like Bill Perkins wouldn't be. Well, Phil Ruffin. <laughs> I would hope to... I would just be excited if I could understand what he was trying to say. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Not because, of, not because of pronunciation, but because of... To your point, with, yeah. with Katz's success coming mostly in these high rollers, it's one of two things, right? Like, he either has really figured something out about how to play these small fields against these elite players, mm-hmm. or he's probably a losing player because... Like, the... And that's not to say that he's bad, that he would be a losing player. It's, it's almost impossible to be a winning player in these fields. Yes. It's the rarefied air. You know, like, it's like, oh, I'm playing against Alex Foxen and also five other guys who are about as good as Alex Foxen at the same time. It's awful. Like, I've never been in a spot like that. Yeah. The thing that's nice for Kerry Katz is he's not expected to beat these guys. And he doesn't money, care if he loses. The money yeah. doesn't matter. And he's the guy who owns Poker Go. So anytime he's showing this stuff, anytime they're filming it all, like, he's making money... He's making bigger money probably on the production. Well, he probably isn't, actually. Cause I don't know if Poker Go's making any money. But in theory, he's making money on the production. Theoretically, he's, he's probably losing money. money on the production. But that doesn't matter. Right. He's got other money. He does. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to assess the best businessman, but it might be him. I, I guess I'm going to say it's him, having said, I mean, just, just what walking Eighth all time is like, I know that we... we Bill Klein's not in the top 40. I we know We had that. a big discussion about how the metric of all-time winnings is flawed. And it is clearly flawed, right? Like, Harry Katz is definitely not the eighth-best tournament player not in the world. close. But it's still impressive for him to be that high. He has seven times as much winnings as Bill Klein. Bill Klein's total live earnings, winnings, is $5.2 million. Wow. Harry Katz is 33 and a half. How can... I mean, he's got to be better than Bill Klein. Yeah. That alone. Seems like he must. It just feels, he's 244th on the all-time money list, while Katz is eighth. It's just... It's not fair to put them in the same, the I same think, tier. I uh, think that's... Seems right. Even if even if Kerry Katz is is a losing player, which he probably can't be at with thirty three million wins yeah. in the winning, he probably it's probably almost impossible. Um, and Bill Klein, honestly, with quote only unquote five point two million, probably is a tournament losing player. Yeah. to put these guys, right? Yeah, these buy ins are big, but he doesn't care. These guys don't care anyway. Yep, obviously they want to win, but they don't care. Speaking of big buy ins, this is the biggest of all. Yeah, it was a one point oh five million pound buy-in. So at the time, that whoa, equated whoa. to about a one and a quarter million U.S. dollar buy-in. Whoa, whoa, that's a lot. Yeah, back in twenty nineteen, they decided to break the bank and just go for it, and they did. They did. It's cool. Why not? Yeah, it's more fun. The bigger the money, the more intense it gets. Whoever forget the hand that uh, um, is it was a Pratouche. Who played the hand where he had aces against Schindler's eights? Well, that was not this tournament. No, I know. Okay. That was... um, Super high roller ball. That was was like a 300K buy-in, though. And produced three bet the aces and just went check, call, check, call, check, think forever, call, and then like was like devastated. devastated, Because he lost, yeah. The level of the devastation, that's only because of the size of the buy-in, right? Sure. So, I mean, that's... That's what happens. Like the level of intensity gets cranked up for all the players, and that makes it more fun to watch and more it's, fun to think it's about. It's cool for a lot of reasons. The only thing that's not cool is the distortion of these all-time money lists, yes. and it makes it like meaningless, effectively. It is absolutely meaningless at this point. Well, not absolutely, but it's pretty meaningless. Yeah. Anyway. But whatever. 
That's Here we are. Biggest buy-in of all time. Uh, by the way, this hand is going to be put through the old dishwasher of Pio by Wesley Cannon. Good. We're going to do some solving on this thing. Cool. And uh, we don't know what this, the solver said about this hand yet. We're right. going to take a look after we do the podcast and then have a segment afterwards where we talk about how the solver thought about the hand compared to how we thought about the hand. Um, if you want to see a full write-up of the solver that Wesley's going to do, then go to Discord. There's a link right in the description of this podcast that takes you to our Discord server. It's a fun place where we, we post threads for all of these hands, and then the solver, Danny or Wesley, will post their work there, and there'll be discussion with us, with you guys, whoever. There's also places to post hands that you've played for feedback from the community and from us. Um, just fun poker talk. It's a good place. Check it out. It's a great place. Use that link. Go to Discord. All right. Let's start this hand. Okay. So it's early. It's, uh, I don't know exactly what the scenario is, but I know it's episode two of ten, and they did the whole tournament. Sounds so. like day one to me. Yeah. Carry uh, Cats. They is, should be deep then, right? They are pretty deep, yeah. They're deep. Okay. He's got almost 100 bigs as the effective stack. He's plus one with King Ten of Spades. At 3K, 6K, Cats has 570K. Yep. So he's going to open to 13K. Fine, whatever. King Ten of Spades is like a little loose plus one, but it's fine, right? It's a little loose, but I, yeah, it's fine. I mean, they're deep. I would have no problem with that at all. It folds to Chin Wei Lim. In the you big... have to open that. <laughs> I've come completely around right. already. It comes to Chin Wei Lim in the big limb in the big blind, a player we don't really know anything about. Yeah. Um, he does have nine million in earnings, mostly in just uh, two or three events total, right? Um, yes, that's right. Seems like he's probably a guy who just plays a bunch of high rollers, perhaps. Mm-hmm. He's got 850K in front of him, so significantly more than 100 bigs. Yeah. King five off, king of diamonds, five of hearts. He's going to defend the big blind. Makes sense. It's fine. There's a 6K big blind ante. Cats made it 7K more. Like, we're deep. You could decide to fold, but it's really, it's probably better to call. It's all good. Yeah. Hey, by the way, this hand was suggested by Derek B23. Yeah, on a little bit of a fiery path lately. <laughs> a fiery path, yes, Don't indeed. you think? Uh, because he also suggested the, uh, the straight flush hand. Yeah. Yeah. Along with 11 D other people, but still... Did got in there. other people suggest this? Nope, just Derek B23. So good job, Derek. Fiery path. Derek did suggest on Twitter, but you know what he could do? He could suggest on Discord. We have a suggest hands thread. That's a place that we would like you to suggest, but Twitter's fine too. It's a fiery path to Mount Rushmore. That's enough. <laughs> Pot's 35K. <laughs> King 10 of spades for cats. Yeah. King of diamonds, five of hearts for Chinway Lim. Flop is king of hearts, three of clubs. Uh-oh, it's the five of spades. Well, yeah. So Carrie's going to lose some chips here, it feels like. It does seem that way. Chin's going to check. I don't see any other option, really. I mean, it's a king high dry flop. Katz is almost always C-betting with his whole range. Yep. Of course, he has a, a good reason to here with, with a king in his hand. He bets 15K. Is this a raise automatically, or do you call sometimes with the top two here? Uh, I guess we could call sometimes. It's a pretty dry board, but mostly I like a raise. Uh if Kerry has a king, he's continuing. If he doesn't have a king, it's hard to get any more money out of him anyway. Unless he improves to better than you, like if he has nines. And he yeah. He could have an ace, and if we call, an ace could come on the turn, and then that would be good to get more value out of him. But True. that's it. True. But like, I, think, I think that's balanced by the fact that every time he has a king or decides to hold on with queens or jacks or something like that for a while, we, I think we do better. Yeah. I think we do better just raising right now. Or aces, by the way. 
Yeah. I mean, we do block a king, which is not ideal, but what are you going to do? Yeah. You got to have, I mean, you don't have to have a check raising range, but it's good to. And if you're going to have some bluffs, you probably have some four, six suited in there or something, maybe some six, yeah. seven suited. You yeah, want to we- have your two pairs in there also. And we, we have two pairs and he doesn't. Right. Yeah. So that's good for us in terms of, I mean, we actually have two pair in this case too, but like we balance our bluffs pretty nicely on this board. Uh, and I think we should, we have to raise with value. And this is one of the best, this might be, no, it's not the best value because we have some sets, but with the baby sets, but this is the next best value besides that. I think we should be raising it a bunch. All right. Chin does. He okay. raises to 46 K over 15. And I think this is easy to gloss over. But I think check raise sizing is not discussed often enough. Ah. And I wonder if, if this should be bigger. Interesting. Talk about it. Well, it feels like, like you said, it's going to be difficult to get more value out of anything that's not a king or better yeah. for the most part anyway. Yeah. Aren't we mostly getting called by a king or better for 60K anyway? <sighs> yeah. And I, I think queens and jacks, if they're calling, are probably calling for 45 or 60. Yeah. So it's kind of all the same to them. Like if yeah. they're calling your raise, they're calling your raise probably. Yeah. So... That makes a good, you make a good point, son. The only reason I can think to not make it 60K is we don't, may not want our bluffs to be 60K. And we, if we feel like we want to be balanced in our sizing. I, I agree with that. But um, I think on a board like this, it's a good, a good board for big sizing. How come? It's, it's a really dry board. Because we have a range advantage. We do. Yeah. Well, because we have all the two pairs. Yeah, we have an overall okay. range advantage. Because okay. it's a good flop for his range. The, the lone king is a really good flop for his range. Yes, we have a... We have a range advantage that is more leaning towards, like, I enjoy a check raise on this flop. Yeah, well, you mean, when you say range advantage, you just mean, like, the top end of yes. the stuff. He has more top-end hands than Kerry does. That's what you really yes, mean, I do. right? Yeah. yeah. Like, Kerry's overall range, I think, is doing better. But that's yeah. but, but when, when we're check raising, now we... Well, Kerry can have king-king-king, and we have very little of that, and Kerry can have ace-king and aces, and we have very little of those. We have all the two pairs. Yep. And sets of threes and sets of fives. Yep. I mean, Carrie has those two. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's a fine board for a bit bigger sizing. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's marginal, but I, I do wonder if it's interesting. missing out on something here. Yeah, it's fair. Anyway, Carrie can't go folding this hand. Even though it's a dry board, you know, you're playing in a field with players who are really going to be thinking about the game. They're going to have bluffs on this board. Yeah. You would expect. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it would be crazy to just fold this hand right now. We also have the backdoor space anyway, but it would be crazy to fold this hand. Yeah. Even though... We're not in great shape. <laughs> Turns out we're in really bad shape. Yeah. But he's going to make the call, and that makes perfect sense. You know, we can always fold the turn, you know? I don't want to. Well, that's something to think about later. Something to think about now is nitrogen sports. Okay, I'm doing it. All right. Nitrogen. What are you thinking about? Thinking about the way it's spelled. I'm thinking about the colors. This is very useful from an advertising perspective. Oh. Well, you could have cued me up a little better. Maybe you should figure it out. You know, like, I have to let you fly on your own someday. Well, then why are you... I start flying, you immediately clip my wings then. Let me fly, son. Pretty sure I'm (laughs) going to need to not let you fly yet if that's what you consider flying. (laughs) I'm just saying, I start doing the thing about the colors and the spelling, and you're immediately, like, shooting me down. Like I'm uh, like a Dunkirk over here. Maybe that is what Nitrogen (laughs) wants us to highlight. Yeah. But there's a chance... But I don't think it is, though. See, this is, this is that same old negative Nelly, Grant Dennison stuff. How much do you think Nitrogen spent on the, the logo? You don't think they spent real money on that? The copywriters? The PR department? That's all real money every month, buddy. Every year. 
Every every decade, that's money for them. Is that why every commercial you see for a car is like, <laughs> hey, check out this Chevy logo on this car. You don't Look think, at the colors of the Chevy logo. You don't think they highlight the Chevy logo? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Nitrogen Sports. Say something substantive, please. Okay. They have awesome stuff, like our monthly automatic overlay tournament. There you go. Where there is, in fact, an automatic overlay. It is impossible for there not to be an overlay. There's literally... Over $1,000 of overlay, always, no matter what, often much more. That's the deal with that. You have to use the link in the show notes when you sign up for Nitrogen to have access to that. Otherwise, you can't even see it. But it's super sweet, and it's every month, and it's basically free money for you. Uh, In addition, they have sports betting. They have casino games. It's Bitcoin only. You get your money in there super fast. Get your money out in 90 minutes, which is still industry leading. It's amazing by a lot. Yeah. I don't know how much more substantive I could be. No, that was perfect. You finally did it. It was like 60 minutes up in here. I'm going to unclip your wings now. You flew. All right. Let's get back to talking about spelling and color scheme. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Where are those scissors? All right. Nitrogen sports. Get in there. Okay. All right. So we've got the check raised by Chin. He has King 5 on the King 5-3 rainbow board. Kerry Katz has called the check raise with King 10 of spades. Pot's 127,000. Okay. Turn is the 10 of hearts. Bing, bing, bing. Well... Well, well. I guess rich people just get richer, you know? That's just how it is. It's a pretty good turn card. Yeah. We're Chin, still losing a, to a little bit. But yeah, sets of three, sets of fives. That's it. I don't think... I, I don't know anything about Chin Wei Lim, but I'm not putting him on King 10. I don't think he's going to have a chop with us. Most that likely. would be surprising. And even yeah. if he did, we don't have to be afraid of it, at least. I mean, it, it sucks to not win all the money. Yeah. But anyway... We were never going to win the money. It was King 10 v. King yeah. 10, bro. Turns a 10 of hearts. That's... Like a marginally scary card for Chin, but not really that bad. Like he's really hoping for no ace, no queen. Is yeah, biggest. a queen is way worse than the ten. Yeah, because it's only the suited tens, and you're not even a hundred percent sure carries open them. Although I think we would assume. Yeah, when everyone's this deep, those that's just like always. Yeah. That's an automatic. Open Aces card. and queens feel like the worst. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And jacks would be a little scary too. Yeah, so, but, but yeah. a ten is like, yeah, come on. Yeah, so Chin has good reason to continue. I think to continue getting value from king, queen, ace, king. I strongly pocket agree. aces. This time he sizes it up a bit, which I like. Mm-hmm. Goes 105 into 127. Wow. That is definitely, that's your turn sizing that everyone likes doing these days. Yeah. 80% or so of the pot. Yeah, he's, uh, he's like, you really going to fold Ace King, Carry Cats, with all that money you got there? You're, You're not going to fold. Pocket Aces? Really? You're not going to fold. I have straight draws, maybe. I could. Yeah. It's plausible. I don't know. It is plausible. I, maybe I turned a second heart, Carry. Who the hell knows? Carry. Deuce four, four, six, six, seven of hearts, something like that. Yeah. Ace four of hearts. Also, just continuing with the straight draws, trying to get you off a king. Or queens or jacks, which would have called once some of the time. Especially when I made it only 45k, queens probably do call. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of doing the same against the range as Mm -hmm. king X, right? King X is better because it's got more outs and blocks some of the two pair, I guess. Yeah. But still. So I guess not the same. Hmm. But doing pretty well against the range also, queens would be. Or almost the same. All right. Is Kerry Katz... Do you ever want to raise here, or do you want to just keep calling? This is the question. Um, the problem with raising is we may be moving into more game theory disaster land, right? Let's say for a second our opponent has 3-5. Okay. He bets the turn we raise. Is he calling? Probably, maybe. It's I'm not 100%. A, that, that, that one's really close. It's hard to know. We know with King-5 he probably has to call, right? Yeah. King-5 is a little too good. Probably, yeah. I would think he's going to call King Five, but what's Carry raising? Carry could be raising. The thing is, Carry can be raising hearts, turned hearts, and turned turn big draws. Right, the Ten of Hearts could 
could really open up some stuff for him. Which which heart combos? Yeah, I'm just trying to think of that. Is it is it possible it was so cheap he's calling things like ace queen or hearts on the flop once in a while in position, thinking like, you know, you don't actually have it. I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Some people will do that when when you're deep. I'll do that if we're deep enough. Yeah, it'd be pretty deep though. I don't know yeah. if they're deep enough for this. This is a I pretty, wouldn't really expect it's it. a pretty fancy play. Yeah. Okay. So maybe there aren't really heart combos. Now you have to have like ace five of hearts or something and have called the flop. Yeah. And have not checked back the flop. You're, ca- like a, you're calling the flop. If you, if you bet when he only makes a 45 K. Okay. Probably. But you also check back with that hand with some frequency. Uh, you know, but I think these days you and I, now this is a few years ago, but you and I now feel like the smaller pairs are like good bets to like yeah. deny equity. And we feel like most players are doing that. Yeah. So it's possible. Carry bet calls here with and then, five of hearts. Yeah. And then turns the heart draw. And then when we bet again, if he were to raise, you know. Well, from Chin's perspective, that's impossible. Chin has the five of hearts. Yep. So now it's ace three of hearts mm-hmm. only. It's hard to come up with almost anything else, right? Yeah. Four six of hearts. How does he have four six of hearts? He, he opened, open he plus, opened one. plus one. He yeah. doesn't have it. Yeah. He doesn't have queen jack of hearts. He just can't have those hands. So I guess it's hard to find bluffs if you're carry. So maybe you shouldn't raise. It's hard to find bluffs and... We have to worry a little bit about the continuing range, right? Because yeah. the value is pocket threes, pocket fives, and then mostly it's three five, even though turns out it's king five here. We have a right. king in our hand. There's more, a lot more three five than there is king five. Yep. And, there's, and king three also, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't think we should raise if he bets big. He did bet big. If he bet tiny, we could consider raising. But he bet big. I don't think we should raise. We're in position. We can make sure our bet goes in on the river. Yeah. It'd be hard to imagine folding the river. Well, what's going to come that's going to fold us out? Like, really hard to come. I guess some, like a straight card could come, but even then he's going to have to be really big to fold out top two, right? This is a good spot for carry. I think we're supposed to call. Keep the bluffs alive. What do you think? Yeah. Chin betting this big makes it feel a little bit more appealing to call, too. Yeah. If he bet 32% of the pot, we might want to put in a raise to charge him for his draws and stuff, yeah. right? Even though we're going to get a lot of folds. Right. That's okay. Yep. Cats does call. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Best businessman. Best businessman. Better business bureau. Bullshit organization. Pot is 337K. Bring that editorial content. You know I do. I got it all. You know I do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 337K in the pot. Okay. The river is the three of diamonds. It pairs the three. That is not ideal for carry. It's not the card you wanted. Is a three the worst card in the deck for carry? Worse than a heart? Probably. Uh, it's got to be worse than a heart. No, the question is, is it worse than a seven, I think, which makes the straight, the obvious, most obvious straight, right? Yeah, four, six, I guess. Um, well, let's figure it out. So there's, I think uh, Chin can have all combos of four, six pre-flop. Yeah. And he might play a bunch of them as a check raise on the flop. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we can't give him 16 combos, but we can give him, like, 10. Sure. Let's give him 10 combos of that. How many combos are there of the th- where the three fucks us? All so right, there's 5-3. So nine combos of 5-3. We're in a lot of trouble here because there's king three also, yeah. right? Um, and there's Six combos of king six, three. Six, so that's 15 versus... What did, we, what did we come up with the other one? Like nine or 10. Nine or 10, okay. We are, let's see what the price we're going to get. We are getting a reasonable price, actually, based on that, if... Uh, like, almost no matter what, right? Because Chin's got, what, 405K effective, and the pot's 337? Cats, Cats is the effective stuff. Oh, okay. But, like, we'd be getting a reasonable price, is the point. Because it's, it's getting two to one. 
Yeah, but then you factor in tournament life. Of course, we're not there yet. It's day one. Should, okay. The three is not an ideal card for Chin either. It is not, although carry is much less... Oh, because of aces. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only reason. Yeah, but that's six combos. Yep. Six combos that would definitely be here. A hundred percent would be here. And may just feel like, oh, cool, I now, I now counterfeit a bunch of your two pair hands. Yeah. It's good for me. Right. Yeah. So what's Chin supposed to do? Is Chin supposed to bet here for value? Chin, he's got to believe he's mostly ahead. Yeah. But I, when he I, isn't, is he just f- like... I think he's supposed to bet small. So that way he doesn't fuck himself too badly and also gets value from the worst hands. Yeah. That makes sense. I think it's a bet small and probably bet fold. Well, what's... Because Kerry could have like... Kings full or tens full come to mind. Yeah, there's only one combo of kings full, but sure, he can have it. Three combos of tens full. You figure Kerry's never going to raise aces on the river. Maybe if we bet small enough, he even goes for value, but that's not good for us because we're Mm -hmm. losing, so fine. If we check, Kerry's probably going to bet aces for value, so that doesn't help us. Yeah. So we want to bet to try and get value out of the, the king jacks and king queens of the world, right? Yeah, and he's yeah. king. Yes. Okay, so we need to bet. Yeah. And I, like, I like you're right. Let's, let's bet small enough that he thinks, like, well, I just have to call. Right. I don't want to fold out the one pair of kings. There's 337 in there. If we move in, we're going to probably really scare those hands. I agree. So I think should... I want to bet, like, 140 or smaller, maybe even 125. So almost the size of the turn bet. Yeah. Even though it's going to look like it's begging for a call, if Kerry's got a good king, he's just probably going to call anyway, right? What do you think? Is that the size you like? I, w- I think I want to go a little higher. I always feel like when we bet, when people bet the same amount on the river that they bet on the turn, it, it shrinks the range into such a face-up spot that I worry about getting taken advantage of in a million different ways, both getting raised off the hand or people be able to make better faults than they Kerry should be able to Katz make. Kerry Katz is never going to turn a slightly worse hand into a bluff here. Like, if, if, if he bets 140. No, but he might be able to raise aces now. That's pretty ambitious. The three did pair. Yeah, we bet 140 on the river. I mean, you got to believe that Chin's got some level of balance where he's also... Like, you'd be targeting a similar range if you had a three. There's, there's just fewer monsters under the bet. If he had a three, he's off going to shove, right? I don't know. I mean, maybe if he, he is. If he, if, he has any kind of a, if he has any kind of a shoving range, he should be shoving the, the full houses. I think he should not be shoving on this river. Okay. Is basically what I'm getting to, yeah. I guess. I think, I think his bets should be smaller here. Mm-hmm. But if he has 3-5, for example, then he unblocks more kings. Of course, we figure we're up against a king We're anyway getting folded. We want to get called by a king, right? Yeah. Shoving is not going to accomplish that that well. Feels really hard to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, we have so many more combos to get called by that are just a king than we do of these bigger two-pair type hands. I feel like this works better for us, too, um, if the board, if there was a flush draw on the flop and it missed along with all this other stuff. So now there's, like, more reasons for carry to call with one pair. But yeah. there aren't. It's king, three, five, rainbow. It's right. dry. I think, I think a small bet is needed. Yeah. Okay, I agree with you. I yeah. agree with you. So, I mean, for all of the reasons... That we just said, even if you had a good hand, like a better hand than King Five, um, but with King Five, I think a small bet is even better if we're going to do like a little bit of exploit. Yeah, right. I think we can go one fifty, but that's not very different than yeah. what you're saying. Of course, that's very. In fact, that's like a blind and a half more or something. Right. Like two, so whatever. Yeah. I want. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Chin moves in. Okay. So he's trying to get called by. No, he's trying to get called by Ace King. Yeah, just the King. He's like, I hope you don't have aces. Hope you have Ace King. There are more combos, barely. There's barely. eight versus six. Jeez. It's not really that good. That's not good at all. No. There's king-queen. 
which is which plays the same as Ace Queen. Yeah, but like, you really expecting to get called by any of these hands? Really, when you shove? I don't know. Maybe you fold out aces, and that's the little bonus to this shove. Right, but if we're trying to fold out aces, then we can't get called by worse hands at all. Doesn't seem like. So it. then, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. We can't do all this to fold out aces. That's insane. So this is a bad size. This is a bad size. Okay. So back to your point, of course. Yeah. Smaller is better. But nonetheless, while this is almost certainly a value bet from Chin. Yes, of course it is. It would hopefully work out for him as a bluff. And Kerry Katz has one of those hands that would have easily called 150. Yep. But does he have to consider folding when he gets his entire $1.25 million tournament life put on the line? 406K shove into 337. This is a big shove. Yep. It's a really big shove. Kerry's not supposed to be beating any value. It turns out he is. This is a really big shove. This is a s- almost 70 blind shove. Yeah. Wow. So as Kerry, we can fold and still have a whole tournament to go. Oh, yeah. We have a marginal hand. We're losing to 5-3. We're losing to 5-5. We're losing to 3-3. We're losing to king-3. Yep. All those hands make sense and could be here. Yep. They all might play it this way. Yep. We're beating 4-6 that goes for it beyond going for it. Mm -hmm. Don't know how likely that is. I don't know either. What else are, like, gut shots that also just never took the foot off the gas. Seems hard to imagine they're often going to do that. I worry that there aren't enough bluffs and there's too much strong value. Yeah, I mean, the guy's really not supposed to have king five for a shove. Right. Huh. So is Kerry just supposed to fold this hand? I don't it's know. top two. It's technically a worse hand than aces, but a better hand to call with than aces. Because we block some of the two pairs. We block stuff. king three, at least. Yep. Yep. So let's, let's find out where we are on our distribution. Maybe we okay. can do that to help us a little bit. So does Kerry have... We know he has some full houses, right? He's got kings full. And some tens full. Probably some tens full, assuming he calls the flop with I those. I believe at least once in a while he calls yeah. the flop with that. He's probably got a little bit of fives full, too, that does not three-bet the flop. Sure. Um, yeah, and he's in position. He just calls the turn. Right. And, you know, the one up. combo of quad threes, he's probably got yep. a, a third of the time or something. Yep. That doesn't add up to a ton of combos, nope. all the things I just said. Uh, does he have any, any other threes? Does, could he have ace three? No. You speculated that he maybe could on the flop. I don't think he can have it on the turn. If this turn gets sized up, he has so many better hands yeah. to call with. He just can't have this is This is part of the problem is he just doesn't have, besides those full houses you just talked about, like we have aces and we have king 10 and we think aces is better to call. Or king 10 is better to call with anyway. Yeah. Right? So this is like So after, after, this, after the snap calls, this is the best hand. I think it is. Right? Interesting. Doesn't yeah. it just have to be? Yeah, I can't think of a hand. I guess would... king five is better. No, yeah, no. king five is better because we block five three. But we and we block king three. Okay, yeah, because because he wouldn't have ten three. Chin wouldn't have ten three. Nope, and he wouldn't have king ten. Yeah. So so king five is even better. But yeah, but we don't have king five. It's not in our range. Right. We didn't, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, we right. open preflop. You're right. So yeah, this is among this the is... very best hands that we have. We okay. get we do get here with a lot of worse hands. We get here with aces, which we we are saying is a worse hand to call with. Yep. We get here with ace-king, we get we here do. with king-queen, and we get here with king-jack. I think we get here with all of those. I think you're right. Uh, interesting. We, of course, don't block any of the bluffs either. 
No. We don't have any hearts in our hand, which could have turned some equity. We don't have any of the straight draw. We don't block any of the straight draws. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, but none of our range does. That gets here. No, yeah. none of our range does. That's true. That's true. Hmm. Okay. I guess the ace of hearts could block some straight draws if he's going with the ace X gut shot plus heart draws. Yeah. So if we had ace king or aces with the ace of hearts. Okay. So we wouldn't want to have that. Yeah. We'd want to have the other. Yeah. If we had ace king in that spot, we could pick the ace of hearts to consider folding comparatively to the other ace kings. I'm really torn about this decision. I want to call. Because of distribution? Yes. Only because it's... Okay, I want to call because of distribution. If I sit back and really think about the situationally, I want to fold. Because 70 blinds is a lot, and we're losing to a lot of value. And what the hell is he doing shoving the river for so much if he doesn't have it? Yeah. What the hell? This is a million-dollar buy-in tournament. It's more than... It's like a $1.2 million buy-in tournament, really, because it's in pounds, right? Like, isn't he just going to have it a lot here? Unless I know he's crazy. Isn't he just going to have it a lot? This is one of the hidden values of distribution, too, in that sometimes... When you're using distribution, you're just like the whole theory is just to make sure that you don't do one of the things too frequently, right? Yeah. But sometimes it has the knock on effect of making it so in spots where your opponent is overvaluing their hand, as Chin is here, yes. you actually get to win with the better hands in your distribution and fold, fold out the hands that you would have lost with. That, and that is exactly that is one of the big parts of distribution. Yeah. You know, that's part of the idea is sometimes. Either overvalue or they bluff mm-hmm. um, with a with some with something though. So when you're calling with a higher part of your distribution, you get to beat those right. weird bluffs that instead of calling with the bluff catcher where you lose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be exactly what happened here. I I want to fold. Like I know I you want to. No, I mean I want to fold too. I said I want to call, but I I feel like situation. I just want to fold. Like I have seventy blinds in this big tournament. Why do I want to put all right. these and chips in this, right now? This guy's value makes a lot of sense. Pocket fives doesn't it just feel like pocket fives or. Any of the 3X combos. They all make perfect sense. Yeah, 3-5. Three, 3-5, five. Three, five, three king They all make perfect sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to fold. I want to fold. Carry Cats folds. Carry Cats joins us and folds. And Incorrectly, guy, but we like the fold. And this guy's like, oh, man, I, almost, I was going for the fold. I went for too much. Yeah. It was a terrible bet. I went for too much. No, no, it worked out perfectly. I do think it was a terrible bet. Yeah. It turned out great for Chin. I mean, he finishes 10th in the tournament. That's a significant bubble that he got past. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure that would not have happened had Kerry made the call here. It would have been very difficult for that to happen. I don't think his intention was to fold out a better hand. No, he was definitely betting for value. He's trying to get called by Ace King. Yeah. Like, almost certainly, right? Yeah. Well, sometimes, you know. It goes that way sometimes. You make the wrong decision, and it turns out great. Yeah. Good for you. I guess it works. Well, the solver definitely has a, an opinion on that uh, river decision by Kerry Katz that we agreed with. We will get to that. We're going to go chronologically. Nicely said. You know, because that's how the solver would do it. If it were to solve time, it would be like, you know what? We could do kind of like a jump around thing, but I think we should go chronologically. Huge mistake. All the best Tarantino movies jump around. Yeah, but the solver, surprisingly... It likes Reservoir Dogs, <laughs> yeah. but no other Tarantino movie. Hey, the Solver doesn't like Pulp Fiction? The Solver does not like Pulp Fiction. That's, you know why? Why? This is speculation, but it's because of the presence of Uma Thurman, huh. which is a classic Solver no-no. <laughs> so I guess Solver not a big fan of the Kill Bill series. Either. Oh, definitely. Kill Bill's, uh, the Kill Bill series is not even in the preflop calling range. Well, I guess you learn something new yeah. every day. But let's talk about what the Solver said about this hand. Okay. What are the most surprising things that we see here? Well, one of them is on the flop. We really thought that on this board, Kerry Katz was going to bet 
the majority of his combos that he opened preflop. Maybe a few showdownable hands that you don't really want to get check raised with. But the solver wants him to check 60% of his combos, which seems just massive to me. Seems really surprising. He wants him to check all his pocket pair. Basically, anything that isn't a total air bluff and isn't a king, it wants him to check, right? Yeah. Uh, so any one pair non-king hands, essentially. And that is really surprising. If he had pocket sixes, you'd just expect him to bet here. I would. It seems like it makes the most sense to deny equity, and yet it's like, nope. And even like queen highs and stuff, it doesn't want him to bet. It just wants him to bet his, his like eight and nine highs with backdoor flush draws, Yeah, which is strange. That's really odd. But that's what the solver wants. I, I guess uh, Wesley Cannon, by the way, who did this mm. analysis, um, he said that it was due to the solver's perceived range advantage for chin of the two-pair combos, I guess. But that doesn't feel like enough to me. I agree. There's, there's certainly going to be some two-pair combos. Uh, he's going to have other raises, which will be straight draws, of course. But, you know, we have all the good kings. He, has, he doesn't have aces. He doesn't have ace-king. He doesn't have king-king almost ever, right? That feels like a big deal. Well, maybe the solver doesn't want Kerry to be betting all of these hands that we want him to be betting because of what the solver wants Chin to do yeah. when bet into. It wants him to raise a surprising amount of his hands. Um, including pretty much anything that hits the board. Not every single combo, but the vast majority of combos of one pair threes and fives and kings the solver wants to raise as chin. I find that very odd. Also, here's why. Uh, I can understand raising the threes and fives, so now you're denying equity to at least the nines. Although if Kerry's only betting kings and nine high, I don't know how much... How, how invested we are in denying equity. If he's betting all of his misses, it makes more sense. It's a much wider range of stuff. Also, you can... When he's only betting nine, nine high and eight high and stuff like that and, and a king, we also can, we can put him on a particular range there, which, so we know what cards we're even trying to avoid on turn and river, so it's even less important to raise, I think. Um, but if Kerry's only betting kings and air, why would we want to raise a king ourselves? I assume most of our, our one pair of kings are much worse than Kerry's, almost always. It seems really odd to raise like king nine. I'm just not sure what we're protecting against. I don't know what, what value we get out of it. So it's interesting the solver absolutely feels like it wants to do that. Yeah, I find it interesting, too. I mean, it does want Kerry, just as an example, to bet a few combos of like hands that don't really have a ton of showdown value, like ace-jack off and ace-queen off, hmm. that, that can be bluffed. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, ace-four suited, hands like that. But still, I, I agree with your point for the most part. I think it's interesting. Um, it, it also wants Chin to raise pretty much all of the straight draws that he has. Right. Um, so that, that's a lot of bluffs there, which I guess is what the solver wants on the flop in general. I mean, I guess that's why it feels like it needs to raise all this other stuff, too, is because it's got so many bluffs here in its mind. Yeah, it could be. I mean, to give you a sense of how, much, how frequently he wants yeah. Chin to raise on this board, it wants him to raise 27% of his total combos that he's here with. I mean, That's wow. massive. Wow. Raise 27%, call with about 40%, and fold with 33%. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, on one level, and this isn't, this isn't really about the solver, but I always feel like everyone in the poker world doesn't raise the flop enough when someone C-bets. Like, boy, yeah. do we like to call and fold. We sure, sure hate raising. And, you know, like punishing people who have more automatic actions. And, of course, the very best players in the world are going to be relatively balanced with their C-betting ranges, at least before you get to big tournament ICM-type spots when they're going to C-bet a lot more. Um, but just punishing people for these more automatic actions feels like a pretty effective way to go. And the, the solver strategy see, from, from the big blinds point of view seems to be doing that, which is like, eh, you mostly miss. I raise. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to charge you for that. But the problem is the solver itself doesn't think it should be betting, C-betting much on this board. So 
That's what that's where my confusion lies. But anyway, the solver basically checks and raises and unchecks and unraises itself into a black hole. It's, it seems like that, yeah. yeah. So that's odd. It's like the solver's like not playing it's not playing against an optimal opponent, it almost feels like, which is weird because it, it's supposed to be. I just realized why there are black holes. Yeah. We need to stop with this poker solving thing. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's not going to create a black hole and make us the singularity at the center. You know, you act like getting spaghettified into a black hole is a bad that's thing. That's speculation, by the way. This spaghettification? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people think it's actually a penne, more of a penne that you're turned into. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm always rooting for tortellini, but you, you get what you get. I a mean, a bit. stuffed tortellini? You're expecting Obviously. to become a stuffed tortellini with what? Mushrooms goat, goat and cheese? cheese? Goat cheese. Maybe a little bit of mushrooms, though? I would take some mushrooms in there. Okay. Maybe a little onion? Can I get some onion? I don't know if a black hole can do <laughs> onion. <laughs> um, I think it's spaghettification. Buying though, to be clear. <laughs> I mean, are you sure you don't mean linguine? Because they're similar. They are so also angel hair. That's all sort of spaghettifying. That's I mean, spaghettifying. This is this is very disrespectful to Italians right now. Yeah. To to say that linguine spaghetti and angel hair are the same thing. Mm. This is this is very insulting. I don't see pasta size. My people need to rise up <laughs> against this oppression of Jonathan Levy. To me, all pasta is the same. You know, like I look at it and I just see one kind of pasta. Wow. Even a few silly. You're just like that's just another. That's just that's just. Uh, How about a strazapati? I don't know. You what ever that have is. a good strazapati? I wouldn't know a strazapati if it punched me in the chin. That's pretty fucking obvious, isn't it, Jonathan? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know a strazapati. Anyway, back to the solver. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> this is the best solver segment of all time. All right, on the turn, the most notable yeah. thing is that the solver basically wants Carrie uh, to shove all of his sets of fives and sets of threes. Yeah, which most notably means the King-10 moves up in his distribution on the river, if he doesn't really have those in his range that, anymore. That is true. However, it's important to note that it actually wants him to, sol- to shove most of his King-10s also. It does, but not this specific combo. Having the King of Spades in his hand, it, makes it, it, he doesn't, it doesn't want him to, sol- to shove that one because the King of Spades blocks the King-3 of Spades, which is, of course, all on the river going to be one of the big... Uh, it's the only suited King-3 combo, Yeah, is, uh, is what it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, nonetheless... The ability to have King-10 in your range, but not fives or threes, means that King-10 moves up in your distribution on the river. Um, sure, absolutely, which was something we talked about, at least to some degree. Right, um, which means that, not surprisingly, the solver wants Gary to call the river. 100% of his King-10. Any King-10s you get here with, having spades is even better um, for what we talked about, blocking the available combo of King-3 suited. However, part of this, within this range, and Wesley, I think, assumed this, and maybe the solver did too. I guess Wesley's the one who inputted the ranges. Um, Wesley was assuming that the, the big blind range doesn't have king three off, only king three suited. I don't know if that's true. Chin had king five off. Yeah, it's not too different. It feels the same. So that probably, if the combo thing probably wouldn't matter as much. And yeah. maybe you would want to call with all king ten. Not yeah. sure. I think if we get here on the river, the solver is always going to want to call with all king tens because it's a good hand. Yeah. As, <laughs> we, as we speculated, it wants them to call. But actually, more interestingly, uh, from the solver on the river, is that instead of... Moving in, it just wants Chin to check King Five. Yeah, which well, I guess like it makes some sense. It's been a, it's been a very strong line so far, and Carry hasn't gone away. So, I mean, it is tough to think of value. I mean, we were speculating on a small bet, maybe being able to get some value. Maybe Carry does find a fold with King Queen on a 150k bet. Sometimes, you know, maybe, maybe he's gonna. Yeah, maybe you're right. 
It's probably going to have to call us Ace King some of the time. Right? You would think Ace King, yeah. He's but like, hate but maybe, it, maybe like the solver just doesn't think there's enough combos to get value from. The thing that's weird is if Chin is actually check raising his kings on the flop, like the solver wants him to, then the solver should be able to. If it knows it's doing that, then it should be able to get more value well, against no, the Chin, ace kings. Well, Chin's going to shed those kings on the turn yes, with yes. this line. He's not going to have those anymore. Okay, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, anyway, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, so if you're Chin and you check, I guess we're checking to call at least a fair amount. I right? imagine you got to call most of the time. Like what's carry? I mean, King-10 beats us, ace, aces beat us, but... Kerry might bet ace-king for value when we check because he's got a good two pair now. And, um, and he may think the three is just less important. Well, we'll never know. No. What we will know is that you can see Wesley's full write-up on Discord. Um, he's going to post that at some point in the thread where this hand is. So make sure you use the link. Join the Discord. Join the conversation with us. We're in there. We talk to, to you people. We talk. We can talk about pasta, but... I won't. I, I would suggest that you don't try to engage with Jonathan on pasta. I can say from recent experience that it doesn't go well, and it goes to a pretty racist place. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, but you know we're, we're working on that with you, and we hope soon you'll, you'll really improve and this it. Is, and this is the other type of thing you can expect <laughs> if you engage with Jonathan on any topic, is that he'll accuse you of some sort of bigotry. You just accused me of bigotry. Because it's, it's, there's evidence <laughs> in this very segment. In this very, what was the name of that last one? Spanakopita or something? See, that's just that's just exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about right there. It's Strazapati, and it's lovely. It's lovely. It's like a it's like a, a more advanced macaroni noodle. It's delicious. oh, that's what that's what the world needs. A more advanced macaroni noodle. We can rebuild this macaroni. You know what? You're gonna come to my house this weekend. <laughs> oh no! I'm gonna no, cook I'm you my signature pasta sauce with Strazapati uh, noodles. Sounds pretty good. And you're gonna you be like, that. holy fuck! <laughs> That's what you're going to be like. And scene. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm going to be traveling the globe, we still have time to make